When you know that you are queer, but your favorite drink is beer, that's gayish. You can bottom without stopping, but you can't stop going shopping, that's gayish. Oh, gayish, you're probably gayish. Well, life's just too short for narrow stereotypes, so oh, it's gayish. We're also gayish. It's gayish with Mike and Kyle. Hello, everyone in the podcast universe. This is Gayish, the podcast that's as useless as a grinder message from a guy with a faceless profile. What you gonna do with that shit? Who are you? Say, Why are you messaging me? What's you say? Say nice abs. Where's your face? <laughs> or like a lot of times, it's just a picture of a sunset. Oh <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The- okay, picture like when your profile picture has no humans yeah. in it. <laughs> like that's not helping. It's not. I'm not gonna fuck that sun. Uh, I'm Mike Johnson. Unless that sun is. <laughs> the son of a hot guy um i'm kyle getz <laughs> we're here to bridge the gap between sexuality and actuality and today we're, we're going to talk about late bloomers late bloomers the bloomin onion when a bloomin onion shows up to your table late does outback steakhouse still charge you for it probably probably bloomin onion that that sounds like code for like a butthole that's been wrecked <laughs> <laughs> it sure does make you weep yeah yeah (laughs) when you're trying to poop um you know what we're really talking about is people that have come out later in life yeah which we're gonna have a guest we're gonna have a guest um mark Travigan, who is going to join us uh because he is just that person he's gonna share he has a lot of interesting shit about him that's beyond just uh coming out later in life um what what are like what? no no it's just like i've i've been i've been married twice divorced twice didn't come out until i was in my 30s and like i got nothing on this guy and, and then like, he comes mark comes along and is like well here you go what's what's his uh story i don't know we, we should probably let him tell his story well, okay but but like who is he uh he's a listener who we sort of bonded over the fact that like our stories are sort of similar just on different timelines mm-hmm. and he's like gay and out and happy now but it took like I, he's in his late 50s or early 60s we'll have to ask him exactly what his age is but like he's he's a later rival to the big gay party <laughs> yep but that doesn't make it any less fun that's right um but, but first first i want to say thank you to you just did i fucking hate when you do it's so annoying because one time you did the first time you did it it was like while we were talking to a guest and i didn't understand what you were saying Mm. it was real annoying um okay i want to say thank you which is a common way that people phrase it Mm -hmm. and we all know what it means michael Mm -hmm. johnson Mm -hmm. so don't be an asshole uh oh, that's not gonna work. But um, <laughs> to our Patreon supporters, A. E. Coleman and A. E. Coleman, Col- Coleman Lantern, E. Gary uh, Coleman. <laughs> we it's funny because we recorded an episode we didn't post uh, because something didn't work about the audio. Uh, yeah, and I was dying. You were yeah. I guess so. If you follow us on any of our social anything, you know. But Mike had his appendix. Uh, expunged from his person. That's right. Um, it was redacted, like the Mueller report. <laughs> it was very redacted. Um, and my summary is way better than Barr's, though. Um, yeah, I almost died. Sorry, we missed an episode. We've we've like we've only missed like three weeks, like ever in our lives. I think. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think I think surgery is a good reason. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you had some you had some exploding items in your. In your body, mm-hmm. exploding organs. Mm-hmm. Oh, 
man, I want an exploding organ. <laughs> um, and we actually did, even though it was like days after your surgery that we still tried to record, but I was, we missed when we were going to be physically together. I was traveling for work. We tried to record over the internet, but the internet didn't like us and it didn't work or something. I think it was the day I came home from the hospital. Jesus, Mike. You may, I mean, maybe we just shouldn't have tried. We should have just from the get-go been like, you know, yeah. you, you came out of surgery today. Let's not record. But we're crazy and we tried, um, but it didn't work. So sorry. Yeah. Sorry we missed a week. Uh, we're packing action. One, but that means we have to do this part again. I'm one, making the yes. same jokes about A.E. A. 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 Coleman's oh, yeah. name that yeah, I did. You didn't find any better time. jokes since then, did you? I haven't thought about it since no, then. No. Okay. Yeah. No, I, it shows. Um... <laughs> And also, thank you to Sam W. Sam W. Sam. That's w. a weird last name. Well, I don't think that's his actual last name. Sam Waterston from uh, uh, what is that? Uh, Law and True Order. Oh. <laughs> oh, I don't know who that is. That is it Law and Order. I just found it like a or just piece those of commercials our, about old people insurance. I just found a piece of our food that's sitting here, and I don't know what it is. Okay, so I just got weirded up by that. Just um, throw it over your shoulder. Like a Continentals boulder. Yep. Um, thank you, Sam W., uh, for your support. Thank you, Sam WD40. <laughs> we appreciate you. Um, Mike? Mm-hmm. You were right. Sam Waterston is from Law & Order. Also, Grace and Frankie. Great. Where he plays a gay. Oh, thanks, Sam Waterston. For playing a gay. For gaying it up for, <laughs> for us. Gaying it up. Um, Mike, you have something to say about Patreon. I do. Is, is now when I had, but I can it happens. Yep. Now's when you do it. Okay, great. So, uh, um, did we talk enough about your appendix? Did we it's explain fine. that? I almost died. I'm not dead. You, it's fine. Okay. <laughs> you didn't. Sure. Okay. Whatever. Uh, yeah, I don't have an appendix anymore. Yeah. Okay. And hopefully. Hopefully I, won't ever again. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise that would be weird. I mean, maybe, like it, it's a shitty mutant power. If my mutant power is growing <laughs> appendixes. <laughs> Yeah, like grow the most useless thing back that you could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, if that were the case, I, I would grow back my ex-wife. <laughs> <laughs> Burn. 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 Suck it. Okay. Or, or my ex-husband. Oh, well. Actually, it's 50-50 which of them is more worthless. <laughs> okay. Or useless. Same thing. Uh, Great. Yeah. On okay. his. <laughs> so, uh, f- uh, if you, uh, yeah. So, at a certain level for Patreon, you can submit a hundred words, and I will read them. Yeah. Doesn't matter what they is. Yep. And you can do it more than once. That's something that I said I was going to be clearer about. It's not like a one shot and it's over. You can send us a hundred words as many times as you want to, mm-hmm. and and we'll manage the like whose turn it is yeah and organizing and all that good stuff so yeah send us send us shit here we go this is from cian hazen so it's me and my husband's two-year marriage anniversary tomorrow may 27th so for my Which one we missed sorry so for my 100 words to be read i would like for y'all to read this if you would be so kind. also you're reading the opening that I people know. are sending not the hundred words so it's like uh that's fine i mean i know it's just not what it's fine okay it's more content. Yeah. Is that all we're... Is You're that interrupting. All we're, I know. Isn't that what I do? Isn't that interrupting is more content. Uh, it's true. More content. More words. Word, word, word. Quote, Javier, wine comes in at the mouth and love comes in at the eye. That's all we shall know for truth 
before we grow old and die. I lift the glass to my mouth, I look at you, and I sigh. William Butler Yeats. All of you, 3001, babe. Must be an inside joke. P.S. Thank you for being a steady source of laughter and critical thinking for us. See in. P.S.S. You can use our names. <laughs> That's ideal because we did. Um, also, we talked about this last time, and I think I've now confirmed that he's not referring to us as... Oh, no, no. He, he's not referring to his husband as a steady store, source of laughter. That is us that is a steady source of laughter. So I guess yeah. it'll. it's nice to uh, read things especially when they are nice things about us. Yeah, when, well, <laughs> except when, when people say nice things about us, I don't trust it. Why? Because of your weird uh, m- mental issues? Yep. Yeah. I'm always just like, what's your game? Yeah. What's your angle here? Yeah. No, I'm kidding. It's lovely. Yes. Thank you. Um, also, sorry we missed the day. Sorry Mike's appendix had to get out at that specific time, so we missed your anniversary. Yeah, my appendix burst because I was trying to attempt time travel. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Congrats. That's exciting. To CN and Javier. To CN and Javier. C and J. C- J and C. Um, do you want to do news? Yep, let's do some news. Okay, here we go. Uh, happy Pride Month, Kyle. Happy Pride. Oh, right. It's June. It's June. I feel like now is the time... For all good men to come to the aid of their party. For all good men to come. Mm-hmm. Um, of, of During Pride, where you... It's great. It's really happy. It's exciting. It's fun. But it can also be a source of, I don't know, discomfort or sad. Like, for me, it's, like, also difficult to see, like, all these hot people running around being all, like, outgoing when, that, like, that's not totally me. And where do they go when it's not Pride? They... Like just, just the hotness comes. Like I think, I think that they have to spend the rest of the year so that they can Working look like to be that. The hot for... person <laughs> they are during Pride Month. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Um, so if you are not the stereotypical gay, meaning you are white with a jacked body and outgoing and whatever, that's still cool too. Mm-hmm. And I hope you also have a great Pride Month, whatever that means to you. Wow. What? It's just so affirming. That's you're very firm. I'm so firm. <laughs> <laughs> I am a firm. Yep. I'm a legal firm. Great. Uh, you should see my briefs. Okay. <laughs> what are you talking? They stuffed. About? They st- yes. Some thick briefs. <laughs> <laughs> thick briefs, bro. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, because it's Pride Month, I'm going to talk about a whole bunch of really shitty things that happened <laughs> the first week of Pride Month this Just year. Just because it's Pride Month doesn't mean that we're going to change who we are. <laughs> um, so El Salvadorian asylum seeker Johanna Medina died in ICE custody oh. yesterday, the 1st of June. Um, and she's trans. And apparently, uh, she is the 23rd trans person to die in ICE custody. Shit. Since when? Um, this, this year? Really? That seems unreasonable. Don't know. Huh. 23rd person, the second trans person to die while in ICE custody. Oh, second trans person. Well, that's what this source says. All right, whatever. 
a trans asylum seeker died in ICE custody. That's the thing. Like, trans people are everywhere. Gay people are everywhere. And so whenever something is happening to a lot of shitty... Uh, when shitty things are happening to a lot of people, that's going to include yeah, trans, queer. Yeah. Well, and especially, like, you know, asylum seeker. Like, even though things have not felt great for... Um, you know, gay trans, particularly for trans people in this country, there are still places where, you know, fleeing here is a much better option. So that yeah. uh, that sucks to be like trying to escape persecution than die in our shitty. Like, I don't get how we have shitty like how that many people have died in our custody. That's just it's just yep yep uh, yep, yep, yep 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 you're right. You've done it. Yep. You're welcome. So late last year, an autopsy showed that Roxana Hernandez, another trans refugee who died in ICE custody, mm-hmm. was likely beaten before her death. Um, Wait, like it, by ICE or yeah. by like, yeah. what? Um, the 33-year-old Hernandez, an asylum seeker from Honduras, died in May of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just... ICE is fucking scary, man. Yeah. They like can do whatever they want to as long as they're within 100 miles of the border which we're 100 miles from the border here hmm. they could come and like rape dan and we would have no recourse so what are we talking about ice ice in my ass uh-huh mm-hmm. is that a thing <laughs> do, do people do that put ice in their ass yeah oh totally yeah why because it's the intense sensation and feels oh. kind of good and it melts and I barely want to like hold an iced drink in my hand much less <laughs> put ice up your ass that, yeah. yeah interesting huh. moving on more terrible oh, sure. things okay great great so um Friday evening May 31st so narrowly missing the deadline to be in pride month but whatever two rainbow flags were deliberately set on fire outside an LGBT bar in Harlem New York Wow. Uh, police are investigating it as a possible hate crime. The Alibi Lounge in Harlem is reportedly the only black-owned LGBT lounge in New York. Uh, two pride flags were found burning on the ground outside just after midnight on Friday. Um, which would make it Saturday, which would make it the first. So, there. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, Alex uh, Alexi Minko, the Alibi Lounge's owner, said, quote, In 2019, someone literally destroyed a symbol of an entire group of people. That's the shocking part hmm. of it. Um, uh, Alexi- or they completely misunderstood the word flamer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Security footage, footage shows a man crouching as he sets the flag on fire. Because it was raining heavily, Minko believes that he must have used an accelerant. Um, Minko extinguished the flags by stomping on them. No one was injured. I just, like, I know this kind of hatred isn't logical, but it's just like, that's so much work that you have to put in of, like, going to get the flag and taking it down and you probably brought with you some kind of gas or something and, like, you're in the rain, so you're, like... Or you I wish just, I cared about something that much. I know. Yeah, that's a lot of effort to put in. Toward, I mean, they're actively working towards their goals, which I guess is, I mean, not all of us do that. But, like, that's just so much. Yeah. It's stupid. Like, and naps are cool, too. Like, right. <laughs> you can be full of hate and take a nap as well. And it's, uh-huh. like, way easier. It just, it's it's so crazy to me how people can have that much hate and like need to show everyone how much hate they have by doing those things. It's just like, 
just chill out dude yep we're here we're queer get over it yeah fuck you i never thought i'd actually like identify with that phrase but yeah 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 it's true um one more horrible thing uh the first day of pride so a catholic bishop has been met with widespread condemnation online after warning fellow Catholics against supporting or attending Pride Month events. Bishop Thomas J. Tobin, the Bishop for Providence, Rhode Island, made the comments in a tweet on Saturday, the 1st of June. He wrote, quote, A reminder that Catholics should not support or attend LGBTQ Pride Month events held in June. They promote a cultural... They, they promote a culture and encourage activities that are contrary to Catholic faith and morals. They are especially harmful for children. <laughs> yeah it's fucking rich a catholic fucking <laughs> priest talking about how we need to protect the children from the gays I, let's let's tally up that scoreboard yep. fuckers <laughs> exactly i'm it's i cannot believe how the church has not gotten more blowback that <laughs> bad choice of words um <laughs> just from for, altar points <laughs> oh god <laughs> but yeah like how do you you it's just these disillusionment disillusionment misillusionment misillusionment yes sure um that like we could pretend that you're religious so you have the moral high ground like right uh, that's the only reason they get to keep saying shit and we keep believing them and they keep getting to have this like pedestal to stand on it's just like because we give that to them and they're fucking up the country and they're fucking boys and they're like they're just it's uh, yeah it's so gross that they get to then turn around and talk about morals it's just i don't know how many but i think it's a lot of people are religious so that they can feel better about how fucked up and shitty their life is Mm. like it gives them a sense of being better Mm. than other people who don't adhere to their religion like whatever my god loves me and you're going to hell like they somehow don't get to they they don't have to analyze Mm -mm. their value as a human or what impact they're having on their fellow humans like they just get to feel righteous and awesome yeah man i wish i got to feel righteous and awesome all the time right Man, right that's what my meds are working on yep they're not it's trying well they're religion trying. is the opiate of the masses or <laughs> opium of the masses that's a often misquoted saying oh really i've never heard it really did you just misquote it to me right now people often say religion is the opiate of the masses and he actually wrote opium of the masses i think that was marx we should look that up or anyway. we could not and just move on <laughs> um i also should get some opium opium yeah Yeah, it's pride month put it in your masses (laughs) (laughs) um wow all right so happy pride everyone everything's fucked yep uh he wrote die religion ist das opium des volkas 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 yeah so opium of the people yeah marx right oh yeah uh uh uh, yeah karl marx yeah nailed it just like jesus yeah nailed it uh that's it for news this week okay well just three shitty things about pride <laughs> uh i had another story it's equally depressing i'll just bring it up okay. next week okay great um, i can't wait yep can't wait should we do, i mean there's got to be happy things but it's also pride and that means we get to let our our fag 
flag fly. Yeah. Well, apparently Richard Madden might be dating that dude. Um, um, Who's so Richard Madden? He was John uh, Maddinson. He played. He played. He r- could go all the gay. <laughs> <laughs> interesting um uh he was um rob stark on game of thrones which is why you don't know who he is okay got it but that that boy hot and now and he plays um elton john's manager slash lover in the new rocket man movie oh interesting uh and then he refuses to talk about his relationships so this rumor has started that he's dating this boy because they've been seen together on twitter or instagram or whatever mm-hmm and he is just like i don't talk about my relationships so mm-hmm. of course everybody's like oh he real that gay must then. Mean you're, yeah. Yeah. anyway huh he's not gay which is part of the problem with rocket man the rocket man movie is two straight guys playing like oh. elton fucking john and his <laughs> queer ass manager right yeah. like huh. <sighs> i haven't i we haven't even talked about that or like you know when the queen came out bohemian rhapsody came out we talked about that a lot and I don't know. This one should have been just as big on our radar, but maybe it was a mistake to do it so close to Bohemian Rhapsody. Like I, I just assume it's like trying to be like, oh, they're telling a gay story. We got to find a gay story to get out there. But people like Elton John is one of those like he can be super queer, but like then also everyone is like likes his music so they can just deal with it. Yeah. You know, it's like when like homophobe people watch Will and Grace, they're like, oh, that's funny. Fuck you. You know, like, yeah. I feel like Elton John fits that as well for people so they can target straight audiences and not be. Ooh, I'm so jaded. Also, but that's great that these movies are being made and stories being told. Yay. Pride Month. Happy Pride. Woohoo. Happy Pride, everybody. Woo-hoo, happy Pride. <laughs> happy Pride. Get fucked. Get fucked. <laughs> fuck, fuck. <laughs> Fucking your ass. <laughs> um,. <laughs> Uh, it was really sweet in our Facebook group. I don't want to say his name, um, but someone posted like happy pride uh, because, you know, this is one of the places I can post this and, you know, know I, that it's okay to post. Oh, that boy from Russia. Oh, is that true? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. You like literally can't Damn. post it anywhere else. Yeah. Like- no, that's scary. So <laughs> it's re- it's really nice that it's really sweet that there is this community of people um, in the, in our group that understand you know the things we're saying like you're you don't have to be a stereotype and you can be in the closet and like that's just as important and you yep. and then but you, this is your space to talk about things and 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 be super gay and do what you you know be the real you so i'm i'm it's really cool to see that community grow and develop gay it's very gay <laughs> it's very gay um meaning happy it's a happy place i think um happy Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That works. Uh, yeah, that's it for news. I'll do okay. more next week. Um. So, do we want? Is there anything we want to talk about before Mark gets here about uh, late bloomers? Uh, what does a late bloomer mean to you? Like, am I in your parlance? Am I a late bloomer because I came out at thirty? Parlance. That's a word. I don't doubt it. It's just why would you say that? Because <laughs> I don't know. What's that mean? Did I use it right? Like. Mm-hmm. Parle Francais is that like a French word that means in my talk, in my in my talkies parlance a way or manner of speaking hmm. vernacular. Oh my idiom. god, I parlance this dude the other day. <laughs> no, um, yeah, I, to me, um, you came out later, so uh, yes, 
I mean, is that just like a late bloomer is anybody who bloomed later than you? Oh, I feel like everyone thinks any anyone who didn't come out when they were a kid, like thinks of themselves as being a late bloomer. Like, I mean, I think to some degree, all gay people are late bloomers because we if you skipped over all the dating and puberty and figuring out your feelings about people and had to do that again when you came out, then it feels like you're a late bloomer. I mean, compared to the general public. Yeah. But as far as like being gay, like coming out, like I feel a, a little late, but like not, not super late compared to other people. So I don't feel like I'm a super late bloomer. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I definitely like my perception is that you came out when you're 30 mm-hmm. and 30 is later. Great. Yeah. Technically you- I was 29. Is that important to you? Like the distinction between 20s and 30s? It's important because that's your Saturn return. What is... Oh. What's that? That's when the planet Saturn returns to the same position in the sky as when when you were born. And it's statistically when the most like divorces and weddings and babies and like like when you turn 29, you often... People often have like cathartic life changes. And again, whatever, 29 plus 29, 58, like every 29 years. Great. Mumbo jumbo astrology astrology mumbo jumbo that means nothing got it yeah <laughs> I, it, this goes in my like wheelhouse of like religion astrology uh Neil Patrick Harris none of them have an effect on me the, 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 <laughs> screw screw the position of Saturn I want to know about the position of Uranus <laughs> <God>. <laughs> upward facing <laughs> downward dog um do you feel like you're a late bloomer I used to I really used to a whole, a whole bunch and now no I don't think there is a right time I don't think that there's a, a head or behind I think that there's just like whatever on track is for you mm. and I think that's the wow we I mean like trying to get to the moral of the story early <laughs> like yeah like that's the thing about that I have to keep telling myself of for when I came out is like I came out when I was ready there. Like I didn't come out because I wasn't ready. If I was ready earlier, I would have come out earlier. So, you know, I think a lot of people, including myself are very hard on themselves for when they came out and why didn't I earlier? And it's like, well, I didn't know all the information I know now. And I wasn't, you know, strong enough and confident enough and, you know, felt good enough to be able to. So, um, hopefully people can take away, like you did it at the right time for you. Yeah. And what are you going to do now? And now you get to enjoy it. Yep. But we'll see. Uh, it'll be interesting to hear Mark, Mark's perspective having come out later than both of us. Yeah. So when we come back, we'll have Mark with us. Yeah. And until then, we won't. But <laughs> and then for several more seconds, we but, won't have him with us. But we're going to take a break. <laughs> yeah. So some amount of time will go by for us. For everybody else, it's going to happen now. Very quickly. Is this important technical distinctions that people want to know? I just, I just, time is weird. Time is very weird. Uh, and now you all know. Now you're on the inside. You're, you have the insider knowledge. Or what if you and I only exist when the podcast is mm-hmm. on? I feel like a part of me. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Great. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so should we take a break? Let's take a break. Let's take a break. 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 This is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. Mike, it's up to you then. So are we back? We're back. <laughs> We're back. We're back. We're here with Mark Traffigan. 
Oh, I'm back. You're back. You're you're back for the first time. <laughs> How does that work? I who whom knows? Who knows? Um, welcome, Mark. I'm whom to be here. <laughs> um, you came in. You flew in all the way from where today? Uh, gosh, it seems like Zanzibar, but it was uh, Durham, North Carolina, is home. Yeah, and boy, are your arms tired. <sighs> and don't call me Shirley. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just doing all those check, um, check. Yep, got it got it yep. um, and so we gave a little bit of who you are and people know we're talking about late bloomers but will you in your own words which I think are the only words you have um, tell us a little bit about yourself sure um, so I will be turning 62 in June happy with, birthday of June that's now uh, that's currently yeah but that's not the truth the truth is I'm <laughs> just, <laughs> just lie <laughs> you're getting off to the good start just lying out okay. I was all ready to correct you there I was like I'm pretty sure your birthday's in July it's in July God he knows more about me than I know why didn't Dan introduce me yeah <laughs> Dan invent a story of Mark <laughs> it'll be so much better uh, and no, when did yeah. you come out uh publicly just in the uh, in this this fall basically you know first as one does to family I have two daughters two grown daughters six grandkids all of whom know now and then uh around the same time two close friends uh and just expanding circles and these days uh i'm in an industry where i happen to be pretty public on social media and things like that i'm very open it's on all my social media so whoever knows runs across me pretty much knows uh by now awesome mm -hmm. um welcome to the party yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> showed up late but uh the the wine has not run out so. you're just on gay time that's how it works yeah yeah, yeah. what okay yeah t talk us about what was it like coming out to your family uh we'll start there i think that's part of why i'm a late bloomer because uh, and I, I wasn't consciously calculating this or thinking about it, but it was like I had to wait for my family to be ready too. Mm. Uh, my family is so important to me, and we've been through a lot of changes over the years. Uh, and this is something we can get into if you want to at some point. But part of the reason I was in the closet for so long, probably the primary reason, is we were very deeply into uh, conservative evangelical Christianity. Mm. We were deep, and wow. That was what. How many inches? No. <laughs> <laughs> Always the question with you guys. I thought you were just going to say like yeah. North Carolina, which that's, no, that's we've not only been exactly, there. For, we've only know. been there for ten years, and the part of North Carolina I'm in Durham is really one of the reasons I'm out. Okay. Uh, so it's quite the opposite of what you expect. But uh, really, it was the evangelical Christianity that put me in the closet or helped mm. me be there in the first place. And we can talk about that a little bit if you like. But now it's my family has changed and evolved and, and grown from those places. And it felt safe this past fall to come out to them. So the, the short answer is that everyone, my wife, as I said, is married to a woman for 40 plus years. I have two uh, grown daughters, six grandkids. And each of them uh, was, was very affirming and supportive and happy for me and continues to be uh, just quick, funny story was that when you know, I, I told my I wanted to tell my two daughters in person and one when one lives in Durham nearby me, the other one lives in Maine. So the Durham daughter obviously got it first mm -hmm. and took her out to dinner. 
whole scenario happened. You know, finally, you know, I waited till the main course because um, I figured she's going to throw the you know food <laughs> in my face or the wine in my face and walk out like that. At least I would have eaten, eaten most of the meal. <laughs> but you know, there was a whole kind of thing that happened as I finally said it, and she got a few tears in her eyes and looked at me and then smiled and got up and walked around the table and grabbed my hands and then put her hands on my shoulder leaned in and kissed me and said dad I love you I always will I affirm you you know mm. I'm, I'm glad you could tell me and I, you know nothing will ever change that it was a whole ritual statement it's like a month later I'm in Maine telling my other daughter exactly <laughs> action for action word for word like it was written in a script so I'm doing every when the second daughter is doing it I'm having everything I can do to stop from cracking up because I think like, <laughs> like oh these are sisters <laughs> and did you anticipate that reaction from them did you fear for a different reaction that's a great question it's so hard to anticipate right you know like I felt like I didn't, I didn't for a moment think like that they would utterly reject me or be, I'd be out of their lives or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought it might take longer for them to adjust to it. And, and it certainly has. I mean, there's, there's still an adjustment that's yeah. gone through, things to be worked through. But the level at which that their immediate love and acceptance was what I hoped for and what happened. So it was, it was delightful for sure. That's- Awesome. Yeah. I feel like no matter how confident you are in your family, your friends and their beliefs, you always have this fear of potentially being rejected or like, I feel like that's something that every gay person has to hold on to a little bit until they actually do it. And I don't want to soft sell it because again, even though everyone, my, my wife, my two daughters were, you know, very affirming, accepting, the family still had to work through a lot. Mm, sure. There's that kind of after, okay, you know, the kind of the initial, yay, celebration, and, yeah. and oh, we're finally out and open and everything's clear. And then there's the like, what does this mean? Mm. What, did, what did the last 40, 50 years mean? What, who are we? Who are you? <laughs> it's like, there's a lot of stuff yeah. to work out after that. How mm. do you, okay, I feel like mm. something that a lot of us have to deal with, I had to deal with is kind of looking back at your life leading up to coming out and hey, I dated girls. I, you know, I haven't been in your shoes of like, or Mike's having a wife or I haven't had a family, like, but I still had to go back and think like, why did I date girls or why did I do mm. like, there's a big like kind of look back and reflection. Um, I would imagine that would be even bigger for you looking back. Is that true? Or how, how are you viewing kind of everything that led you here in your life to this point? And yeah, there's a real, examination of that that goes on looking back and how did I get in the closet how did I do everything that I did how did I get to where I am today and I'm a little wary of even doing that because I'm very cognizant of how much we recreate memories and memories mm. get distorted over the years like that but so thinking back it was whoever said hindsight's 2020 is full of shit oh my god it's just not <laughs> true yeah, yeah, they've no. never been on a criminal case yeah. where a <laughs> eyewitness comes in and says the person's hair was red when it was really blue you know, or anybody that's in your life that you, you're telling a story from like a year ago yeah. and, and you know no that was with Fred that wasn't yeah. necessarily that was you know that was here that wasn't there yeah. but even still you know I feel like I can remember back um, and this brings us back kind of to, to the origin story um, I knew from a very like early age pre-pubescent that I was different that I was you know 
we were watching a movie. It was the guy I was interested in, you know, more than the the, the female love interest. And which guy do you remember most? <laughs> is there a, is there an actor that you were like, oh, he's Rock Hudson? Yeah, that's okay. That's a stock answer from my from my age group, uh, right? Yeah, <laughs> no, right? yeah, well, The yeah. Rock, yeah, no. um, <laughs> The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Hudson, Kate <laughs> yeah. Hudson and Rock Johnson's son. Wait, who? Whoever was playing Tarzan at whichever sport <laughs> of my life was in, pretty much. Yeah, all right, all right. Yeah, but you know, just just seeing that, and then you know, when we came into uh, puberty and adolescence, and realizing that, and yet not having, you know, I, there was never a time. Back then, because this is the '70s, when I thought, like you know, oh, I'm gay, uh, it was just confusion hmm. because mixed with wonder, and you know, uh, I've told this story publicly now. Uh, I do public storytelling. Prison events is an event that I want to mention is really awesome. Back in in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, called Outfluence now, started by some friends of mine. Um, Good friend Sam Peterson, who will come up uh, a little bit later because he's very special in my life, and uh, and a woman named Christy who uh, started this this storytelling event called Outfluence. And it's queer storytelling, and it's just in a comedy club in Chapel Hill. And so I got to tell this story on stage at the inaugural Outfluence, basically my you know kind of my coming out story. And starting back then and realizing, like it was the '70s, and whatever I was, I didn't have a name for it, but I knew I couldn't be that. Hmm. I was terrified of it, and I went to a church youth group leader, and that was the only person that I told any of this, and I told everything, and uh -oh. I told about uh, an evening with my next door neighbor, Kenny, um, on a sleepover. Kenny's a hot name. Oh, Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny was a hot boy. <laughs> but it you know, ended up very creepy because like we did stuff together that evening. And then the next day, like he cut me out of his life. He wanted nothing to do with me and wouldn't wow. even talk to me. And so that drove me to the youth group leader who said like, Oh no, 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 no. You cannot be that. You, you're not that person. And, yeah. uh, and I said, yes, tell me how to not be that person. Mm. And that was where it started. Whatever happened to Kenny? Cause I think that that's, that's the other way that this goes, right? That, that Kenny, he, had a great time and loved it too much. And that's why I had to shut it down. Right. Like yeah. my, in my in, internal narrative, Kenny's soups gay and whatever happened to him. He's not, well, at least not by appearances. Right. Uh, I did. It was really hard to track him down because he's not public. But when I told that story, I realized I, I had the same thought, like mm -hmm. what happened to Kenny? And, uh, through like friend of a friend of a friend from high school, you know, finally found a Facebook profile because I'm obviously not going to give Kenny's last name, but like <laughs> combined with Kenny, it's super common <laughs> name. There's hundreds of that name on Facebook and yeah. finally just figured out this has got to be him just by mutual connections and married to a woman. Um, yeah. Nothing, nothing of evidence. Like we totally lost contact. So yeah. that's all I know. Hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like a combination of like friend and religion like those two experiences, like pushing in the closet, anything else that you've kind of identified and looking back that kept you in the closet until now? Well, when I plunged in, I came into high school, you know, my, my father had left our family when I was 11. Uh, one of my most traumatic memories of my life was uh, being 11 years old in San Antonio, Texas. And my mother was in the hospital and I got called into my parents bedroom with my dad lying next to his girlfriend who would become his second wife 
drunk and saying, calling me into the bedroom to tell me that I would soon be the man of the family. And, mm-hmm. and I was the oldest of four in the family. And I did not want to be, as I told the story on stage at the Outfluence event, I said, like, I wasn't even sure I wanted to be a man, let alone be <laughs> the man of the family. Yeah. But yeah, so I came into high school. We moved uh, to New Jersey, which I call my hometown because that's where I, you know, spent my adolescence and it was the only place I ever lived for years at a time in my childhood. So in New Jersey, I uh, came into high school, you know, just a very shy, uh, very unpopular kid and was looking for family and daddy and that and the Christian kids were accepting, you know, that that's the thing I'll say about them. Like, that's how they get you. <laughs> <laughs> but they were, they were, they were awesome kids and a few of them are still friends, good friends to this life. And, sure. and, you know, they just, they welcomed me in and I suddenly had friends. I had a thing and I wanted to be into their thing and I wanted to go in all the way. So when the youth group leader, you know, found out and said like, this is the way out. He said, he really did gay conversion therapy on me. Uh, he was, you know, he should get a Nobel Prize or something like because he was decades ahead of his time. Um, <laughs> What's the fucked up version of a Nobel Prize? <laughs> like a Hitler Prize Ig- or something? Well, there's an Ig Nobel Prize. So there's all, that already exists. Yeah. It's for, for, for bad science. But yep. Uh, yep. so he, you know, he just told me, act straight and you'll be straight, which mm-hmm. is what a lot of the gay conversion therapy programs tell you mm-hmm. to do like that. So Fake it until you make it, baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And I was in on the program. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know, and so... The other thing they do is give you, like, uh, they show you pictures of hot naked dudes and give you electric shocks. Well, I didn't get that yeah. part of it, thank God. But, <laughs> but uh, oh, electric shocks, that sounds... Well, yeah, where? No, on your body. <laughs> <laughs> got Dan's attention. <laughs> Can you plug that right up to my nipples and just give me a low dosage? Uh, what are we talking about? I don't know. <laughs> this is how yeah. gayish works. <laughs> We're not too sure. <laughs> Amateur conversion therapy? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh... No, there wasn't that part of it. But yeah, so so I did like within that group. And uh, the woman who would become my wife was also very much in that culture, very similar background to me, you know, father gone from the family. And she felt like, okay, you know, I'm a I'm in this conservative evangelical Christianity thing. My duty as a woman is I have to find a man, get married and have children. And Mark's the least jerky of all the guys <laughs> in our little Christian group. So I had that going for me. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And that's kind of how it happened. Like I pursued her um, and she, you know, wanted nothing but to be friends. But by the end of high school, she kind of said like, okay. <laughs> and we got married right after high school. Wow. So, all right. So what, what did you think you were doing? That's a big question, but like I that's a great question. It really is because again, this is where you're going back in the memories and trying to recreate like what were you thinking at the time? As much as I can recall it and think about it, I don't ever I can't remember like even though I embraced what my youth group leader said to me and went into like once I got into it, like I convinced myself that it worked. Like almost the next day. Like, you know, mm-hmm. oh good, I'm straight now, I'm normal, I can be normal. And so I had that in my head and I thought like, you know, and when I felt some kind of connection and attraction to my, my wife, the woman who become my wife, I thought like, yes, it worked, you know, this is good. And, and so really the next 40 years were um, 
look at things. You know, we built a life together. We had two wonderful daughters and uh, went through a lot, but we, you know, we stayed together through a lot of shit and came out the other side. And, and through all that, you know, I was still, I'd see a hot guy and I'm still like, whoa, you know, <laughs> look at that direction. And I had fantasies and, you know, all that. And, but, you know, the, the, you know, the Christian thing, you know, it's like, like pray hard, you know, yeah. and, and that's not really who I am. And it's a sinful desires and you just press it down and press it down and press it down. So I think I pretty much bought the narrative for most of that time is like, yes, I have these desires, but it's not who I really am. Yeah. 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 Huh. Is that is that you too, Mike? Is that uh, yeah? I, I, I mean, you just made some noises that seemed like they were reflective yeah. and thoughtful. Well, well one thing, yeah, you just get a hard on or something. I don't know. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have an appendix anymore, so I don't have. Like, <laughs> I'm still reeling from the pain. Still, of that. Your organs are still adjusting. Uh, yeah, I'm so I was so excited to come here and finally meet Kyle and Mike. And there's less Mike. There's yeah. a little. Uh, <laughs> we could all use a little bit less Mike. <laughs> Even that's, me. That's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, take it. Take whatever you want. <laughs> no, um, I I remember when 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 Alyssa and I started dating, and I lost my P and the V virginity to her, mm-hmm. and that orgasm, the first orgasm that I had with her set me coming out of the closet back five mm. or ten years oh you're like Just i can like, do this yeah. i yeah yeah i can it, it still put a load good. in that bitch <laughs> yeah yeah that's true o- orgasms feel good no matter what yeah they do yeah uh, I could, then it mm. it sort of l- leads to this well i i can i got this under control like no problem yeah we're banging it's great yeah. and it's just really i think it, it, we want so badly to be normal. That's the unfortunate word that gets attached to it. Mm-hmm. We want so badly to be normal. We don't uh, look at what we're sacrificing to get there to to be that. We end up just shoehorning ourselves into this identity so just for the sake of normalcy. Um, and change like and change is hard. Like or being atypical is hard. So regardless if it's being gay or not be interested in sports when you're a straight dude or like whatever it is being what you would consider not normal and telling people that and having to be different feels hard. Like until you get the benefit of getting to be and who feel who you are, all you see is the challenges blocking you from being there. And that sucks to have to go through them. Yep. So I think, yeah, a lot conformity has a lot of rewards to it, right? It's a, it's a feedback loop with when you're in a tribe, when you're in a group, yeah. Uh, it feels good to conform. It, you get, you get brownie points. You get you know, patted on the head for totally different context. But a, a really good friend of mine and I were talking just the other night about how some people find being in the military really comforting hmm. because you don't have choices to make. You are like here is an identity that's thrust upon you that you can latch onto, and that your life is very prescripted, and that is. There's a weird comfort in that. And you're surrounded by hot guys. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be jacked to be in the military, so that's pretty sweet. Yeah. If G.I. Joe taught me nothing else. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, so, what? No, it's what? Just, I'm just thinking he's, about G.I. Joe now. Addressing <laughs> that doll. And, okay. Um, were you out to yourself then? I'm talking about me and not about you, and that's that's weird. Um, but like I, 
I the narrative I tell myself now is that I knew I was out, just like you said. Like I, not out. I knew I was gay mm-hmm. from early, early on. Like, man, all my classmates seem to be into chicks, and I'm like not feeling that. But it's going to happen any day now, or, or yeah. whatever. Um, but I stood on my wedding day to her, knowing full well, out to myself, I'm super gay. What the fuck am I doing? Right. No, that's mm. my experience was very different. I think I, I had convinced myself to a lot more deeper level by that time. Okay. Uh, every so your mem- self brainwashing worked better. Yeah. Every, mm. every memory of my wedding day, of our honeymoon, everything was like, yes, mm. this is, you know, and, and, and it was not, I can't remember any feelings of like, Shh, I pulled that over everybody's mm. eyes. You know, it was just like, I was like, this is it. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is meant to be doing. I'm, it, it's with the right person. You know, I really love this person. It's it's good. You know, yeah. so I was pretty I was pretty convinced. It was really just like I said earlier. It was all along the way, the the attraction mm. never going away. That was always gnawing back there. Like, mm. what is that? Why does that keep happening? Why do I? You know. Why does that guy walking down the street still turn my head? You know, mm-hmm. uh, why does somebody taking off their shirt in that movie, you know, still get my attention? Yeah, the what rock. movie? The Rock. No. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. Dwayne the Rock Hudson. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, um, go ahead. What? What then? Wh- how did you get from that point to then coming out? What change or what happened or how did you? The internet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was jerking off so much to gay porn. It was that, gayish yeah. episode one. Oh. <laughs> I said like, oh. I hope we turn gonna... people. That would be my dream. <laughs> if you yourself have found yourself being turned by us, mm-hmm. please let us know. No, no. The truth is it took five episodes. Uh-oh. But <laughs> <laughs> No, so it, it, it's, it's a whole... Uh, it's a whole circle of things that happened concurrently. Spell hole. So, um, <laughs> and now I know I'm on gayish. <laughs> no, sorry, you're serious. <laughs> you're serious things. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we reached a point through our whole kind of religious solution where my wife and I both came to a place where we started asking questions about our faith, about religion, like more and more questions. Uh, part of that was my wife got involved in the science world. She got a physics degree at, at UVA and, you know, we, we just started having, we started having questions and it got to the place where we were annoying our church leadership so much that they were kept <laughs> saying to us, you guys are pretty smart. You know, you should go to seminary. They'll answer all your questions. And so that was my midlife crisis or our midlife crisis is uh, about 15 years ago. Uh, so in our, you know, late 40s, we packed up everything, left Charlottesville, Virginia, where we were both teachers in a Christian school and went moved to Philadelphia and went to a conservative reformed seminary. Uh, oh, you did it. You, yeah, you did, we did it. Oh, we were there shit. five years. I have a master of arts in religion in biblical theology from Westminster Theological Seminary in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you very much. Damn. Wow. Yeah. So that was um, a lot of words. Yeah. I my, know. Wife, my wife has two degrees from there. So, you know, it, something else she's more smart than me. And <laughs> wait, so, okay, let's dive into this evangelical Christianity thing a little bit. Yeah. Because what, Where you I was going to say that it's because of that falling apart for us. That leads to my coming out, but so you had to you had to lose the your religion, yeah, 
But were you a, a Bible thumping, gay hating no, evangelical? Like, like this, this secret that you were harboring, yeah. did that? There's that whole thing about like the more outspokenly homophobic somebody is, the more likely they are a closeted homosexual. Oh yeah, were you right? a homophobe? Like, were, were you were you part of that? Were, were, were you? Well, I think that's a valid I, oh, question. Oh, that wasn't yeah. supposed to be. Funny. I still feel a little icky around you guys. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's not anything no, about that, being no, that's homophobic. Just, no, that's just Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gross. <laughs> no, were you like yeah? So, did you display anti-gay behaviors or for a period of time we were in certainly in churches and segments of christianity that were openly anti anti-gay and anti toward the endish time like when we went to seminary that church the last churches we were in we're not probably more of the variety of the churches you hear about like you know like, we love everyone. Come and join us. You know, if you sat down and really counseled with the pastor, he'd tell you, like, well, no, that's, you know, that's, the that Bible says that's sinful. Yeah. But, you know. The, the, We're fine with you as long as you don't, yeah, like, they're not gonna, dudes. And, they're not out on the street, you know, mm. God hates fags. And I was never really in a, you know, sign-waving, God hates fags church like that. But certainly, you know, it was not um, acceptable mm -hmm. and in the churches we were in. Mm. Yeah. So then, mm. oh. I'm also, I'm just like, you have, I, I want to, I think I asked Joseph this, but I don't remember what his answer was. So I'll, I'll, I'll ask you in your personal exegesis. Yeah. That's a good word, Kyle. It's a power vocab word right there. I know. Uh, uh, Mike's uh, smarter than you. He's just trying to show you that. I know what that. he's talking uh, about. Oh, is, is, is the Bible anti-gay? Like, now, do I think that now or? Yeah. No, I like, okay. That's what, that's what I, that's what I. Oh yeah. Okay. So it, yeah, it's complicated. Uh, it, it what I've come to, and part of why it fell apart for us was in seminary, in a conservative seminary, what we literally heard in some classes was, you know, you, you get deep into stuff. I mean, we read the Bible in Hebrew and Greek, mm -hmm. and you get into stuff and people are saying like, yeah, there's a, you know, there's some issues here and there's some really difficult stuff. And you probably shouldn't discuss this with your congregation if you become a pastor someday because it'll just confuse people and you know <laughs> you need to know this but that was when like you know most of my classmates are writing down like yeah, yeah, I got that got that that's how you handle this in your church and I'm like wait a minute <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of realize like the bible really is a, a bunch of competing theologies and ideas it was it was put together you know as as we mostly know, you know, over, over many hundreds of years by people in very different situations and uh, different classes of society. So, And the stuff mm, that made it into the Bible or didn't was just like a vote. Yeah. You took a vote. Should this be in the Bible? Yeah. Yes or no? Really? Yep. Motion passed. Great. Yeah. It's in the Bible now. Done. So my, my probably my, my most progressive professor. The Council of Trent? No, the Council of... That was one of them, yeah. Yeah, it, uh, let's not go. Let's just... Okay, anyway, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, uh, hi, hi, Mike. We lost Kyle a long yeah, time yeah. ago. <laughs> I'm just thinking about how hot Trent yeah. is. <laughs> I'll sit Trent? on his council. Trent? <laughs> so, um, yeah, there was just, I think there's, there are, you know, the, I was going to say the professor who was probably the most progressive in my seminary uh, and was to the point where he was later ousted by that seminary, uh, too progressive? When somebody, yeah, he's too progressive for the like that. Because he, he wrote a book that tried to honestly deal with some of these situations and say, like, 
There's mm. a lot of complicated stuff in here that's not easy to answer, and we just answer it too easy. Yeah. And that got him in trouble. I but bet he, he said, refused to rape children. <laughs> I bet he wore a cotton poly blend. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> certainly hope so. But, uh, but he, it, I remember one day a student asking him outright in class, like, you know, is, 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 was Jesus opposed to homosexuality? Because it's often, you often hear, like, Jesus never said anything about it, which is mm-hmm. true. So, you know, we, there's only a couple of passages that seem to mention it in the Bible. You know, one he didn't wander them. around in the desert with a bunch of single dudes for yeah, a while. Yeah. Like, that's he not wore a loincloth. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, why are all of our representations of Jesus so hot? Um, <laughs> so skinny and sexy. Uh, but, He's my ideal pride body. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, yeah. what did he? What uh, did he say? But, but he, what he said, his answer was, "Well, uh, Jesus was a first-century Jew, and probably so homosexuality wasn't acceptable." And that, and the, you know, and moved on. It was a very politic answer hmm. at the time because the seminary would have said, "Like, of course, Jesus was against. You know, he's he's the son of God, so he would be against it." Mm-hmm. And it was just like hung out with prostitutes, though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's a yeah. All that to and say, a dude named Peter, and lepers, <laughs> yeah, okay. all equally. <laughs> Those are all the same kind of thing. Yep, great. Okay. We should move on from the theology. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so yeah. uh, so mm-hmm. dealing with all the religion and kind of accepting and moving on from religion sounds like it was important. But did you say it was fifteen more years before you like between that and you coming out? More or less, yeah, but it was it began the process. So okay. once so the, the the steps that I can see are, you know, we, we by the time we got our degrees in seminary, we knew we were on our way to no longer believing any of this. Hmm. Uh it took maybe another year, year and a half. Once we moved, we graduated, we moved to, to Durham, uh, to be near our oldest daughter. And we knew like we were we were that was coming to an end, that they were of, of believing any of that stuff. And so there was that. And then for me personally, it was Durham. So Durham, North Carolina is uh, this wonderful, weird, progressive sea of little, little ink blot of blue in the middle of a very red state. And it's uh, just a wonderful you know, art and music and everything. And so I plunged into the music community there and when you're in Durham, if you get into the music community, you are in the queer community. <laughs> yeah, that's but it's not just Durham. So for the first time in my life, I had friends. I had queer people that I, you know, that were real to me and were wonderful to me, and that I loved. And I began to get this picture of like, oh, there's a way that what I felt all my life could be me. And, and it could be me. And it still took years. So, you know, we've, we've, as of February, we lived in Durham for 10 years now. So it took almost all of that 10 years. And from that point on, it was no longer about, you know, I'm going to go to hell or, you know, God's going to hate me or anybody's going to hate me. It was just the only thing it held on at that point was just the fear of disrupting life. Yeah. Right. And you, I think yeah. you guys understand that very much. Like, yeah. you know, what repercussions is this going to have? You know, how is this going to affect everybody? And like, what right do I have to just like up, you know, turn my whole family upside down and everything and all of our history? So maybe I should just go to the grave with this secret mm. and, you know, it'll be fine. What do you think about that mm. now? I mean, I think that mm. 
it's probably a very common thing I, where people think, well, I can't completely change my family dynamic or I need, I need to be here for my kids. So, so now what's your thought about that question or that fear? That gets complicated, right? It's, it's, it's like the whole question of, of coming out. You know, we have the Harvey Milk, like everybody needs to come out. And then we, you guys have talked about this a lot on the show here that uh, it's not that easy, you know, everybody, because it's just, you're, if it was just your own life, you know, awesome, but it affects other people's lives and, and people that you care about. And so it finally came down to um, just, I don't know, just growing. It's hard to know, like, the whole psychology of why I finally felt like part of it was my wonderful partner, my wife, you know, was uh, being able to be totally open to it, about it to her. And then for her to come to a place of the, you know, the girls need to know and it's your life and you need to, you need to live this if you want to live it. And she began to see the conviction that I had about coming out. And, and here's for me, a lot, this is not the only thing, but it is a large part of it. Why am I out now? A large part of it is I came to realize I come from a place of tremendous privilege, and you guys have talked about this too. You know, we're we're all uh, cis white male, and and in my case, you know, now you know I have I have I'm in an industry where the vast majority of people are very supportive of me. They're fine with me being this way. Um, I'm you know my friends, my family. I live in a community that's very accepting of it. So in the present political climate in the stuff that's happening today, I just feel like, yeah, Harvey Milk. Mm. Like, mm. I'm somebody who needs to be out and vocal for the people who can't be and to represent. So that, that was part of it. Yep. Well, and it, it makes a measurable impact, right? Like the, the number one thing that correlates with support for gay marriage is just the answer to the question, do you have a gay person in your yeah. life? A yeah. friend or family member who is gay. Mm -hmm. That pegs with... Do you support gay rights, gay marriage? The, the, Absolutely. The, because there's a humanization factor. You can mm -hmm. hate an idea easily. It's yeah. hard to hate a person. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's some truly evil shit to hate a person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After Especially a person you know or a friend or a family member or something. Yeah. I have a brother who's changed significantly in the last eight months wow. since I came out to him. Yeah. Like homophobic? Uh, yeah. Before? Well, no, I... Dale, I love you. Uh, <laughs> but even Dale would probably say, yeah, you know, he would, the way he would put it is like, you know, before before you came out to me, Mark, like gays were kind of, you know, icky. Ick, icky? I, yeah. I, yeah. I, that was what was, mm -hmm. I feel like icky is kind of the like, I, there's some. There's like, how I feel. Intangible. <laughs> they, they are, but for different reasons than you even know. Um, no, I feel like that's just the like, the, I can't put a finger on it, but. I've but been, you can put a finger I, in it. But oh. I put my finger in it and it's still icky. But like, I just don't, I can't describe that. I just have not seen this thing and it's weird and seems kind of gross to me or I can't picture mm -hmm. myself doing it. So it feels gross. I yeah. feel like a lot of people mm -hmm. have that feeling and that should be okay for people to say and, and talk about because that helps like to know that that's the, to know that it's not about the Bible or it's not about whatever. Like it's good to know. Oh, it just feels icky to you. Okay, you may need to meet a gay person, or you might need to like. And it changed so fast for my brother. Like suddenly, mm. like his older brother, who he loves and respects and looks up to, like mm. is one of them. Mm -hmm. And the the 
the cognitive shift was amazingly fast mm-hmm. and, and cycled through a lot of other things in his life, I think. You know, just like we, we talk more deeply and more honestly and mm-hmm. more wonderfully than we ever have in, in many, many years now. And it seems, um, I would mm-hmm. guess, are you able, I'm going to put words in your mouth, but it sounds good to me. <laughs> like, it seems like you could be Kyle, more there's genuine. many things you could put in there. <laughs> this is one of the few things I'm about to put in your mouth words. This Stay tuned for this the rest of them. Um, no, I would I would assume that you could be yourself more genuinely to him now. Oh like, yeah, and yeah, that seems like it would play a role in your relationship. Then being able to be close to him, mm-hmm. and there's something you know. It's funny. Um, someone who's very dear to me now, uh, my my Sam, uh, who's somebody who's come through addiction, like real what we think of as real addiction. You know, like mm-hmm. drugs, alcohol, and things like that. Um, on one of our first times together asked me, have you ever had an addiction in your life you had to overcome? And the moment he said it, I knew what the answer was. Yes. Deception. Lying. Hmm. Like I was addicted to lying in not just about this, not just about my sexuality, but you know, in so many, it was my instinctual, it was one of the things that my poor wife hated the most about me. Because you just knew I just constantly lied about the stupidest things. Hmm. And what I came to realize in that moment was I'm not lying anymore. I was like, I never lie. But I like, like suddenly like I'm just, it's so much easier to be honest about everything. Yeah. You know, not just about this one thing. I, that's, no, I have the same thing where I feel like I will lie about the tiniest things like, and that's gotten way better. It's way different now. But in the past, it's just like, it's easier if someone's talking to me and I don't want to talk to them, I'm going to lie about the answer to this question just so I don't have to talk to you or just mm-hmm. so I don't like weird little things that I would just always, that don't mean anything. Yeah. yeah that's, that's it's, interesting. It, it, hiddenness. It, and I, I don't, this is glad we're talking because I, I don't hear this talked about much. Same. You know, that the, the closet is something that contains a lot of things in your life, not just your sexuality, right? Yeah. It's like... Yeah, I mean, yeah. The, especially, like, I mean, a more direct thing is, like, my, my interest in, like, things like music or, like, all, all the interests, it's like, you know, those are not your orientation, but they feel so connected to your orientation about liking female pop music, mm-hmm. like, that, that I would lie about that. And mm-hmm. it's like, if you're lying about who you're attracted to and a lot of your interests and passions, then of course, I mean, it. I, now that I'm thinking about it, of course it makes sense that you're lying about so many other things because everything, I, I was always just trying to protect myself and, ma- mm-hmm. and uh, I guess it makes sense that I lied about everything. But I never connected it until it stopped. And I realized, like, mm-hmm. like when Sam asked me that question, I realized like, whoa, like this has changed something significant in my whole being, not just you know, coming out was a lot more significant for me in my health and well-being and development as a human being than I thought it would be. I thought it was one, uh, I told a story at Outfluenced again, <laughs> I said like, like I, I thought when I came out that I was opening, um, I thought I was just opening a closet, you know, and then when you open the closet and say like, oh, there's a whole room out here. <laughs> and then, you know, and then, oh my gosh, there's a whole house. And you just like, you realize like, and all the doors are open. That's kind of what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, you mentioned Mm. Sam. Can you talk a little bit about Sam? Yeah. So Sam, Sam is somebody who's become very special in my life. Um, And 
What what word do you use? Do you use that's something we no word? About. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, like we're dating, I guess. Like, I, I these, oh, are we like, gonna force the DTR conversation? Uh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Hey, Sam, let Mark know. Do you want to be boyfriend? <laughs> no, we, we've DTR'd. We've oh, you, DTR'd. D- oh yeah. you have? Yeah. Oh, what's so, the D that you? Well, the the, the D. <laughs> what R did you D? <laughs> Let's get to the D. Come on now. <laughs> Always getting to the D. Uh, so, um, yeah, like we we started being together a lot and. You know, we were both able to say, like, I feel special about you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, like, special. And we were intimate in in many ways. So, you know, there was all of that. Fucking. <laughs> you bone. Is that, is that what you're talking about? <laughs> Our words, not yours. So. Intimate relationships. Okay, okay. Um, so, we, yeah, so, like, but we, at the same time, and part of what like made me able to enter into this so quickly because I was not expecting this to happen so quickly, mm-hmm. having just come out to family and friends and the world like that in the last fall, not that long ago, uh, and still being married to the woman that I've been married to for almost forty-two years. You know what does this what does this all mean? Part of the reason I was able to enter into it was because like the one thing we did talk about before we kind of really DTR'd was like. Neither one of us wants to change our lives radically. Like, you know, Sam likes his little his little house and Walter the cat, Walter the Instagram cat. And he likes going home to that at the end of the day. And I like going back to my life. And, you know, so there was like just not that pressure. And yet we feel special toward each other. And there's kind of that culture around that. Like, you know, so when are you going to talk about when are you going to be moving in together? And then when's this going to happen? When's that mm-hmm. going to happen? So we have talked and what we decided is like, we're happy with just being together, but continuing our lives as they are. So we can enjoy, you know, going out together, doing things together, um, you know, being intimate together, just hanging out, whatever, you know, it's like, uh, and, and have some, some significant feelings for each other. Uh, and I got I got to tell us one more part. Sorry, <laughs> but just like this is the one of the funny things that's happened to me as you know, coming out as a late bloomer, coming out in my sixties. So I, you know, I used to teach school, and I taught uh, like from the sixth grade through middle school up to the early high school level. Oh, you're a saint. That's a terrible age. <laughs> okay, go ahead. God, yeah, that's, that's a whole episode. Um, but but I, you know, it was terrible, and I and I and I loved it. But those one of the weird things is now is because you know those kids are now in their thirties and out doing life. And because of the world we have today with social media, uh, I connected to a lot of them. And so some of them turned out to be gay and, and some, you know, and they're married now and, and married to men and that. And, you know, so I, all to say, like I found myself in the, in the curious situation in two different cases where a 30-something guy is mentoring me in yeah. <laughs> in queer life. Like, yeah. this is the way it works. It's <laughs> like, yes, tell me. I don't have any idea, you know. Um, <laughs> and one of the things, like, both of these guys said to me is, like, you're going to see relationships can be a lot more fluid and a lot, you know, different than the world that you came out of, you know, where there's a, there's a, there's like a path that you yeah. follow inevitably. And that's what I'm discovering. And that's what, you know, kind of Sam and I are discovering together. So, okay. You mentioned like, I feel like because of what it's like to come out and like, you kind of have to learn a lot 
after you come out and so it's interesting you talk about being mentored by someone younger than you so like how like i guess just tell me a little bit about how you think about age i mean is that something that you think about often do you feel like you're just like a new gay like do you feel that do you feel like you're still learning do you feel like you know everything now or i don't know like what (laughs) How do you feel about age? Well, I'm sure point? after I've you know spent this evening in the in the Gayish Podcast home headquarters here, I will have learned everything I yes, need to know. Yes, we have all the information. Get my graduate certificate. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, <sighs> we should make diplomas. Certi- we should do a certificate program. Yes. You get certified in being gayish. Yeah, because there's one thing that all of us listeners have learned over the hundred plus episodes of this <laughs> is that you guys got it all together. Oh right? boy. <laughs> so we- <laughs> oh boy, it's working now. <laughs> I need to interrupt to correct you. <laughs> My first Dan correction. Yeah. <laughs> this is a special moment for me. <laughs> Dan just fact checked that. Yeah. <laughs> Rightfully. Yeah, like, not so, even man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, what were we at? Age? Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's, it's a great question because, for one thing, I've always felt more connected with people younger than me. I look around at most people, not all, but most people my age, and I just don't feel a connection. And that's always been the case. And in my professional life and business like that, like uh, just always my friendships have always been with people like 20 years or more younger than me. Uh, But also, yeah, like I've been such a (laughs) gaby these last eight, nine months because I do feel like I missed out on so much. And I feel like there's this whole culture there's this whole world and it's kind of cool and i want to know the history of it i want to know you know all the parts of it and the culture of it and i want to experience it and there's a little bit of i don't think about this a lot but sure there's a little bit of a ticking clock sounding in the back there mm-hmm. uh, you know i'm i'm blessed to have you know be in good health and functioning and all that you know and able to do things experience things but you know how much time do i have to do that and how much time have i not done that so there's a little bit of that and uh, Mm -hmm. uh, that's something i was curious Mm -hmm. about because i coming out at 20 am angry about the time i lost Mm -hmm. about not being able to learn how to date and do all that stuff when all my friends did do you have that same feeling or what are your feelings then about you know i guess how do you even think about that coming gets, out at your age it gets really complicated for me because i love my family i love yeah. you know i love you know i wouldn't want to like have my coming out and then my two daughters and six grandkids like go poof they just yeah. <laughs> was like that's all gone you know um yeah so it, that you know that is complicated like there is certain amount of thinking about that like you know what would life have been like but in some ways i the reality i accept is that couldn't happen till later because again the story that I told you know in the, in the 70s like I didn't see any way it was the place that I lived at that time that um, I'm almost selfishly happier that I went the way I did mm-hmm. in some small part because I survived I know kids in my class who either were out or outed back and then who did literally did not survive it wow um, out of their 20s so but what why is that because um suicide suicide yeah um i was gonna say or hiv aids right? yeah. like say, that. it was a little too early for for that um it happened but like there's two two guys at least in my in in my school during a time I was there high school who um 
yeah, took their lives in their 20s um, wow. just because they couldn't, yeah. I'm going to daddy you for a second. Are you ready? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so, so I think I'm not a psychologist. Did you know this? I'm <laughs> not a doctor, but... You play one on a podcast. Play one on a podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're angry in there somewhere. The question is whether you've mm. let yourself feel it or not. And yeah. when when I think about it, you've only been out for eight or nine months, it feels like nothing. Oh, That's yeah. nothing yeah. for for kids in their 20s or 30s, much less somebody who's has lived as much as you have. Yeah. And so I, I think I, maybe be ready for it. I don't want that to be ominous, mm. but like I think it's important to feel that. Like you you have a whole bunch of mourning to do, even though this is the best, most positive thing ever and better late than never for sure. I I went through my own mm-hmm. lesser version of this of it, like you, 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 there's there's it sucks there's resentment and anger and 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 sadness and and regret in there somewhere yeah. I I hope you find it because if you don't you guys have, it, it it that'll it'll kill you like like yeah you, I, I absolutely think you're right and I, you guys have talked a lot about therapy you know and and. and really helped a lot of people I know because I talked to some of them we have you know if you're listening to this podcast and you're not in the Facebook group get in the Facebook group it is really one of the best groups we didn't tell them to say that <laughs> but thank you and become a also, Patreon member Instagram. and become a Patreon <laughs> 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 I hear this voice in my head uh, but um you know, we, we talk in the group and I have, I've formed friendships within the group. So, you know, but Paul's become a dear friend and we, we talk amongst ourselves. Yeah. As I said, and part of that is like the things that you guys have been open about, about like therapy and about the issues of, of anger and the residuals and the resentments and the, you know, regrets and things like that yeah. really help us. Hmm. They really do. And they help us to think about those things. Talk about. So one of the things that I think about is, I should probably do therapy. I've never done it. And yeah. I, I've avoided it because like, I think of myself as a pretty well-adjusted person. You know, I, I don't spend, I'm not depressed. I don't spend a lot of time in misery over things, but I know everything, Mike, what you're saying is true. Like mm. it's all in there. I know. And it, it. I feel like it's the people that I mean, we talked about this, the therapy episode where it's like mm. intelligent people almost need it more because you're like, I'm, I'm able to reason through things and I'm pretty open and can think through things, mm-hmm. but there's still something about having to go and talk to the person and, and like yeah. that you get realizations that you never thought you would. And one of those being, yeah, like that, I, I feel like it's okay to, you know, the, the fear is you don't want to say I, I unwish my like life and my daughters and like that's really important to you and but it's also okay to still be mad about the missed experiences you had because and this is where what i hope everyone does is their anger is directed towards not themselves but society because i think you're right like you know we didn't we talked a little bit about this but like you survived so you whatever you've done to this point you did it right because you're alive here talking to Mm -hmm. us and that's not Every gay person. And I think it's important but, to say, too, to to allow your people close to you, your family, to do that, too. Mm-hmm. Before the show, show started and our little talk, just chatting, you know, this came up and talked about how, uh, you know, this is not just my thing. Like, you know, I came out and I'm dealing with all this and I had all this in my life like that. 
it's it's my whole family, you yeah. know, because they came along with me, yeah. even though they didn't sign up for that. They didn't know it's the ride. So it's been, while everybody, you know, my wife and my two daughters have been supportive and affirming and, you know, positive to me in every way, they've still gone through a lot in yeah. these last eight months. Uh, it's just confronting that for them too, there were things that were hidden and that were not what they thought they were. And what does that mean for them? And what does that mean about their own identity? And, and who is this guy <laughs> they were with for all these decades? Yeah. So, you know, I, I want to acknowledge that and recognize that for them, that it's not just me, you know, poor old me or whatever. It's, you know, I, I brought other people into this and that's something I have to deal with too. Yeah. 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 I, and there's, there's something to be said for, when you're in the closet, that's a, it's a separation to whatever degree. Like you're in there, everybody else is out here. Yeah. And um, you're the only one that has to deal with it at that mm-hmm. point. Yeah. But there's, it, it is a process for everybody involved, I guess, is the yeah. takeaway. I know. And I know my, so. my parents had to mourn the loss of the son they thought they had and come to accept the mm-hmm. new son. Like everyone has to go through. And I think they went through the stages of grief. Like I think everyone has to kind of go through that putting, dealing with the anger, depression, the whatever that they have of, of you coming out and drink alcohol and before drink. doing anal <laughs> right. drink alcohol before doing anal. depression, anger, bargaining, <laughs> We're doing uh, depression again, double depression, double D. Uh, <laughs> you, doing you, you, anal. You, you forgot denial. Anger. Denial. <laughs> You're in denial about I, denial. I deny your denial. Um, I would like to completely change gears. Okay. Okay. What I wanted to <laughs> seamless transition uh, talk about is I looked up a little bit of data on the average age of coming out. Ooh. So. <laughs> Are you a what's I, the name of that phenomenon where trains pass by and the Doppler sounds, effect? Yeah, are you Dopplering? Um, okay, so two studies. The first one is by Stonewall, which is a UK based LGBT group. Um, it's also a bar. It, there's also other important things about that word. I'm assuming that's where it came from. But they did a poll of 1,500 people who were out, um, and this is in 2010. And there were three groups of people that they asked, when did you come out? And they asked people that were over 60 people that were in their thirties and people that were 18 to 24 to figure out when they came out. Okay. Um, did you say K or gay? Yes. Gay. Gay. <laughs> the gay. Um, was the eighteen twenty-four year old group measured in minutes? Or? Yes. How many minutes ago did you come out? Did, and was this survey the moment the you did it? <laughs> exactly. Well, I think it's interesting. That this is like ten years old because yeah. that that number has been getting younger. Mm-hmm. The the more sure. mainstream we get, and it's a lot like we, your hookups. The, I keep getting older. They stay the same age. That's from uh, Dazed and Confused. All right, all right, all right. right, right. right. I was also going to say the number keeps getting lower. You fucking last, Mike. Like like I ever fucked a bunch and begin with. That's true. All right. Are you asexual? I might be asexual. I'm not asexual. I'm not asexual. You have sexual desires that don't get released. You're non-sexual. You can live without it sometimes. I can and have and do. And will. <laughs> you have to. It's not an option in your We're life. In sometimes. the sixth month of the year. Yeah. And have you had sex yet? 
Yes. Oh, 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 oh. How many okay. times? Not asexual if you said that. With whom? That answer? With whom? How many, how many, how many butts have you put your dingling inside? Zero. Okay. Wow. How many dinglings have been inside you? Not <laughs> just my butt. <laughs> okay, okay. Butt and mouth and ear are... Four. Whatever weird places you at put the it. same night or no. a different night. No. Would you ever get railed by a bunch of guys? Like, is that an attractive yes. fantasy to you? Oh, was the question <laughs> for me? <laughs> <laughs> Would you like want to be in a gangbang? Does that sound fun to you? I don't know. You're so. I don't. Does it sound fun? No, it sounds terrifying. But like in a fun, sexy, terrifying. <laughs> I think it's like a fun and terrifying. Okay, sorry. This is not what we're talking about. We're talking about this study. There are moments in this podcast that I'm so glad to be ignored. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, we didn't. We didn't. Mark, we didn't get into your detailed we're desires sorry, about. Gang, Would you like gang to bangs. be in a gangbang? <laughs> <laughs> if this turned Tonight? into a gangbang, <laughs> okay. I could call some people. Um, <laughs> I could call fingers one through five um i don't know i can fuck you one at a time i mean you have 10 what are the other five doing <laughs> they're watching are we, <laughs> are we are you offering to fist somebody now? no oh, just oh. individually digit them oh, oh okay <laughs> one by one by one by one by one okay speaking of numbers which speaking one was your favorite <laughs> Probably the, I feel like middle is the longest, but like you got too much going on around it to really get deep in there. So I, I feel like it has to be pointer. That's really, you got your flexibility. Okay. So <laughs> the people, what? Uh, Boy Scout salute, best of both worlds. Oh, you're right. That's fair. Middle and uh, you get dexterity of the index, index finger and, and the length of the middle finger. I'm glad that there was a correct answer to that question. <laughs> it was like, let me. Okay, okay. Here's what I'm saying. Okay. It's this thing. Yeah. The ones that were 18 to 24, their average age of coming out again in 2010. Uh, average age of coming out was 17. Uh, the people in their 30s, their average age of coming out was 21. Okay. And the people over 60s, their average age that they came out was 37. Hmm. Wow. So it's really interesting that, like, I mean, that is a big age gap in the people that they asked, but also a big age gap in the age they were that they came out. Like, uh, you know, what? There's also an age gap in the numbers you just shared. What happened yeah. to people in their 40s and their 50s? They weren't. None of them they weren't, ever came out. They weren't gay. No, they, yeah, they just stayed in the closet. You've never so. heard of the great gay gap? They all, they all died of AIDS, I think, is probably oh. what actually happened. Does that math add up? Oh, poor, that pour maths, out some of that my wine. correctly. Oh, God. Um, Wait, okay, so hold on. Yeah. Let, let's personalize it a little bit. Do you like how does that match up to your personal sample? Like you have, I assume you have. Well, friends. Obviously, I've skewed it because I came out of sixty one. So. Right, right, right. But you, yeah. you, have, you have friends in in their sixties, mm -hmm. and like, are they all late bloomers also, or do you know, like, do you have a lot of friends in, in their sixties that have been out forever and life is grand? But I don't know. That's a great question. I, you know, I didn't do the statistical analysis <laughs> on it, but do it right yeah, now. I, I think it's probably the ones I can think of offhand accurate that they came out later in life than generally we hear about people doing today or being able to do today and th is that something i didn't even think about that mm. this until you just said that 
it seems like a lot of the coming out stories, which I'm done with movies about coming out or TV, like, I just don't, it's not interesting to me anymore. I feel like people have done it, but I'm just also realizing that that's usually a certain age that someone in their mid twenties or earlier. Are there, do you feel like late bloomers are represented in media? Do you see stories? Uh, I can't think that? of one. I can't Transparent comes to mind. I've seen um, just, um, what, what, what's that guy's name? Um, douche, Douchebag Dick McGee. Douchebaggery. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no wonder he didn't come out. Jay, uh, Tamber. <laughs> Jeff, Jeffrey Tamber. Jeffrey Tamber. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his character comes out as trans well after his children yeah. have grown. Yeah. Um, well, I guess, and then there's uh, Frankie and Grace, is that what it's called? The oh, Netflix yeah, yeah. series with the two men, Which is about, husbands. you know, yeah. about uh, Lily Tomlin and Jane, Jane Fonda. Fonda. But they're two. But, like, they're, they're their husbands and they're come out Sam and get, Waterston and... Oh, we talked about this earlier. Yeah, this is so... Oh, wow. Uh, and uh, Martin Sheen? Martin Sheen. Yeah. yeah they Martin Sheen's them. gay? And it's Grace and Frankie. In, in the, yeah. <laughs> in, we're going to start some rumors. Boy, howdy. But... You know, it's interesting you mention that because... Uh, is it Frankie and Grace or Grace and Frankie? Grace and Frankie. Grace and Frankie. My younger daughter, during the conversations post-coming out, uh, texted me one night and she said, like, I'm watching Grace and Frankie on Netflix. And she says, it's really helping me. Aww. Uh, so I thought that was interesting. You know, the media thing, like it, it gave her a way to identify with uh, with these people. And I think it was helpful to my wife, too, because she's watched it. You yeah, know, yeah. just seeing these, these women. She, I'm sure she can identify, even though it's a comic series, that you know, these women who are suddenly like, plunge into this situation. Right? Yeah. I wonder if what we need as a society is a really, really famous character that everybody knows and loves that then like in season four comes out of the closet. Like, would that move the dial for the culture? Like Bert, if, Bert and Ernie? If, if, Tony, <laughs> if, Tony, if Tony Soprano came out of the closet in season six, mm. like, what kind of an impact would that have well, he'd on... Well, dead, but, you know... Oh, what season did he they, die in? They killed the 1K character that they had. Oh, right, really? right. Yeah. I had never watched that. Oh, Spoiler, sorry. No, I didn't yeah. watch The Sopranos. But you're saying, like, all the coming out things are like the premise of the show or it's like it happens up front versus yeah, like we need to we need to trick straight people into loving a character before they come out I so that they have to go <laughs> through the journey um that's what we all Ellen did Ellen DeGeneres who got laughed off of TV in the 90s because uh, we were a bigoted bigoted culture that was not ready <laughs> okay. I think that's what we did with Neil Patrick Harris we planted him from a young age <laughs> as being very <laughs> lovable. <laughs> Doogie Hauser'd everyone. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but no, I, we could, I think we could use more people coming out later in life and stories about them, and and that makes the like I'm so bored of the coming out stories, mostly because like it just seems so boring and unoriginal, and says that's all there is about life. But it's also always coming from that one perspective of a white cis dude coming out when he's 18. And, and so you know, I think it has something to do with like it's part of the reason I said earlier that I don't generally identify with people of my age and I think part of the reason when I think about why is that is because most people that I know that are my age never change mm -hmm. and for whatever reason I'm I don't know why I, I can't brag about it because I don't understand even why but both my wife and I have been people who have evolved in significant ways over the decades. You know, we are not at all who we were 10, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. So we're kind of used to that. Like we're used to, you know, change is never easy, but we're kind of used to making change. And I think if you can be a person that uh, doesn't get freaked out by change, in fact, embraces change and welcomes it as a great part of life and a part of growing and being alive, 
it's a different perspective. Yeah. Um, yeah. You also do not look your age. <laughs> Ooh, thank you. Wait, <laughs> better or worse? <laughs> you didn't I wouldn't have said anything if it wasn't better. I don't know. I, I was very surprised when I yeah oh. yeah you don't look your age at all. You have amazing skin. I am not Sam. I am not coming on to your man. <laughs> um, Sam and I are very open, so you have. Oh, um, so yeah. you can come on, Sam's man. I, I'm currently polysaturated. <laughs> oh, that's true. That's beautiful. That is a. I like that. Did we talk about that just? Oh, we talked about it on the episode that didn't air. Man, the lost footage. Okay. Uh, the other is the second study that I'm now going to talk about. Great. Because <laughs> I talked about the first one. This is a Pew study, so more recent, 2013. Pew, pew. Thank you, Mike. Uh, more recent. Mike, you should make noises and we can be like, Mark, what noise? Mark, why did you do that? That's so weird That's that so you as a guest would I just... told you to be mostly quiet. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, <laughs> Mike, make orgasm noises. It'll be funny. Okay. No, don't. Um, pew. <laughs> that was Mike. Stop. Mike. <laughs> Love that Mike. <laughs> Mike, stop it. Oh, I'm turning red. I can feel it. Um, okay. Pew survey. 2013, they surveyed Americans, which, as we all know, are better than British people, so this is more relevant. Um, they surveyed a bunch of different kinds of people, and oh, it's this is the image that I want to share. So, this is more about just recently. Um, they uh, talked to gay men, lesbians, and bisexuals. Sorry, trans people, you're out. <laughs> we don't. We don't. Unless they're bisexual. Well, right, but. Or gay. Or gay or lesbians. Or lesbians. <laughs> but, you know, it's just, I, I always see, like, we don't have data on trans people. And I, like, it's, uh, we, we say We rarely LGBT. have data on, on bi people, so. Yeah. That's Those true. That's two true. Groups, two groups we erase most commonly, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and here we go again, because <laughs> they're not in this study. Anyway, um, but what they know, what they said is, uh, what is the age they first thought they were gay, lesbian, or bisexual? What age they knew for sure and what age they told someone. Who okay. do you think, in in all those numbers, who do you think was the youngest out of those three groups? Gays. Yeah, uh, the youngest people are gay men, so they, on average... Boom! Yeah, Mike. Fucking th- nailed it. I know. I don't know why I play the guessing <laughs> game with you, because it's never fun for me. <laughs> I just don't enjoy it, and I just keep doing it. Well, that makes two it's of like us, so sex. stop. Um... <laughs> Um, <laughs> okay, they are on average 10 years old when they first thought, 15 years old when they knew for sure, and 18 when they told someone. Wow. Um, for lesbians, they were 13 when they first thought it, 18 when they knew for sure, and 21 when they first told someone, which that's the oldest ages. Lesbian is the, uh, the older side for... Um, Uh, most of the numbers and then bisexual people it was 13 when they first thought 17 when they first knew or they knew for sure and 20 when they told someone so it's really interesting that like i while bisexual as an identity on its own is absolutely valid and a thing people will be permanently i do think a lot of gay people go through the be like saying bisexual to what it's not permanent there, there's a distinction that needs to be made here. Oh, I mean, it's fluid and sexual orientation can and does change over time. Yeah, you just yeah. can't force it to change. So it is not immutable. 
I would wish you were mutable. <laughs> Dan has his finger poised over the mute button. I know. Well, you, you can, Dan has the control over this. I don't you... remember who's number one and who's number I'm two. I'm number though. one. Oh, yeah. Right. I really am. He on insists the... on it. <laughs> I remember when he first started and I was like, I shall be number one. That's the most confident I've ever been in my life. Um, uh, my Yes. Okay. But I, what I'm saying is like some people come out as bisexual and they're still figuring themselves out and eventually they will come out as gay. Other people like bisexual, like they will probably like identify for a long time as bisexual. And that's definitely a identity on its own. So like what I would, I, I guess I'm surprised. I would think bisexual would be younger when you first thought that you were bisexual. Oh, interesting. So, okay. You know, I, so I think that this is touching on being gay, being a, a gay man is the most threatening to society hmm. that as a culture it's all about the dick and it's all about what the dick is doing <laughs> and it's all about like there's just this phallocentric horse shit that's built <laughs> into our culture and to, to to be a gay man is so much more um fraught with danger for the person going through it i think like a lesbian might kind of think to themselves oh i'm kind of into chicks but for whatever reason, my perception is that lesbians are less threatening to yeah. American culture. Yeah. I mean, and, when dudes run things, well, they see ladies together and they're like, hot, sweet, you know, like. And, and women are more fluid sexually, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But I, like, it seems like there's less pressure there and even less so for bi people hmm. because there's in the back of their mind, they have to be aware that like they can take the quote unquote easy route yeah. and just be straight because that's a luxury or privilege that's afforded to them um, and i know what you mean but also even if they are in a same or a opposite gender relationship they're still bisexual for sure that's an important i know what you mean quote unquote be straight but, yeah. but they can have the appearance of being yes straight, have the appearance. you're saying right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. but the, the, like the pressure is off in a way or like they can kind of Take their own damn time on. Yeah, that's true. That makes sense. Saying something. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Should we take a break? Yeah, let's take a break. <laughs> let's take a break. Break. <laughs> Say this. Take a break. Let's take a break. Yeah. Break. I've waited so long to say that. <laughs> <laughs> this is the part where Mike and Kyle take a break. Um, okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. You're in control of this. Wait, sorry, we back. We're back. <laughs> oh, we're back. <laughs> we're back. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've never been back before. You. <laughs> I've never been in this moment. Um, been we back. Sorry. <laughs> we're gonna do our gays and straightest. We're gonna do our gays and straightest. But first, but first, Mark. Mark. Plug, I did not plug. write the theme song. Plug things. Plug. <laughs> <laughs> A special thank you. But you can thank me. To, um, yeah. yeah. What? What? If people want to find you or anything that you want to yeah. share with everyone, so finding me is embarrassingly easy. Super easy. <laughs> Google my name and spell it right, and I'm the first page of Google. So you'll find all my social media. Mark Traphagen. Ah, shit, I called, I mispronounced your last name then, and I just now realized. Oh, Trap Hagen? It's Trap Hagen, so the P and the H. Is there. Mm. So, accent on the first syllable. Got it. Um, no, it's great, because I always know when it's a telemarketer. <laughs> so they, they, they suicide <laughs> the name. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Trap Hagen okay. is the, how to say it. And, yeah, so just Google Mark Trap Hagen. Uh, you'll find all my social media. I'm active there. 
uh, love to engage with you. I'm very active in the uh, in the Facebook group, the uh, Gayish mm-hmm. Facebook group, which I'd love to plug and promote. Mm-hmm. Uh, I definitely will plug and promote uh, the Patreon membership. It was so worth it. Like what you get in those extra episodes is totally worth it, folks. Get those. Yeah. Aww. And Mark Mark just did a great job of uh of giving us some premium fucking content for Patreon. <laughs> so uh, if you want to hear the things that he couldn't mm-hmm. share on the main episode, you you pay pay some money, bitch. <laughs> um I'm a podcast whore tonight. Yeah. Mm, so yeah. slutty. Yeah. And, um, and one one last thing if I yeah. could, if yeah. I could. Uh so my special person Sam, uh Samuel Peterson. Uh, the, the book is Trunky, Transgender Junkie. You can, T-R-U-N-K-Y, find it on Amazon, buy it, tell your friends about it, share it. It is, I guarantee you, it will be one of the most enjoyable, frightening, stunning, moving reads of your life. It was for me. Uh, it's one of the many reasons why I'm so glad he's in my life. And I really, really want you all to read that. Awesome. I feel like. Most of us, or are we all just, uh, well, I have it pulled up right now and five-star reviews on Amazon. So I'm ordering it as we and speak. Dana's ordering it right now. So is. yeah. Trunky, T-R-U-N-K-Y. Um, hmm. We have stuff to, pro- well, you already did half of the shit we wanted to do. So that's <laughs> just do what Mark says. Our website is gayishpodcast.com. Our all the social media is at Gage Podcast or slash Gage Podcast. There's Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Yeah. Period. Reddit. We are on Reddit. We are? Yeah. We, I, we have a Reddit profile that I post our episodes you to. Do you have TikTok videos yet? No. We're not that into the social media scene where we post TikTok videos to Reddit to try to promote TikTok because that's what I feel like they're doing. Any whomsels. Yeah, we're on Reddit. I, I'm like very active on Reddit and then we like, I reply to other podcasts that are like, hey, what do I do? Or whatever. God, I'm so glad there's a you so I don't have to be that. This is like that Taylor Swift song. Don't you know that? Our hotline. Without you, there ain't no me. <laughs> Our hotline. You can send Stop. us text. Me. <laughs> Sorry, Dan hovered his finger over muting me. Which that's I wish- what I know go too far is when Dan is like, I might mute you. I might pull this executive privilege and mute you right now. I wish all of you at home could see how many times Dan hovers his finger over Kyle's mute button. <laughs> 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 Our hotline. You yeah. can send us text. Is that messages. a euphemism? No, <laughs> it's a mephemism. You can finger my mute button. <laughs> okay. Uh, our hotline. You can leave us text messages or voicemails. It's five eight five five gayish. That's five eight five five four two nine four seven four. Standard rates apply. And our email address is gayishpodcast at gmail dot com. Yep. Uh, gayest and straightest. Uh, Mark, do you want to? Do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. Lay it I'm, on us. I'm first. I obviously like. Uh, I could certainly go to my gayest just being on the gayish podcast. Be a little too on the nose. I love the idea of the gayest thing you've done is be on this podcast. But yeah. no, just you yeah. can tell us. So, uh, but I did have one this past week. Sorry, me. So, uh, my my straightest is very typical for straightest things. Like, cause I fixed something, mm. you know, I managed to fix the broken connection on our backyard garden hose. Like very, very proud of that. Went to yeah. Lowe's and yeah. did the whole thing. I fixed like that. Yeah. And the first thing I did with that hose connection, once I finished it though, was, is my gayest 
which is that I sprayed the water in the air trying to create a rainbow <laughs> in the air to take a picture of for Instagram and yeah. almost ruined my iPhone. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. All Worth about it. the right Insta pick for sure. That's I did it for pride. I know. That's, that's right. super that's right. gay. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. Um, I'll go. My uh, gayest thing is I had a dream in which Tina Fey appeared. Don't do what? <laughs> don't. Oh shit! <laughs> I don't care. You can't, yeah. you, you can't give it. I copyrighted. I can't yeah. start with. <laughs> well, I don't care if men are equal. Um, okay, great. I only care about myself. Um, no, I had a dream that in which Tina Fey appeared, mm-hmm. and she really just gave me some encouraging words and like, and told me to keep continuing on my writing journey, Aww. and I as like my personal hero and idol that was like it's just like you know who only a gay moment is tina fey appeared to me <laughs> and said keep doing what you're doing when are we gonna have her on the show oh my god you i would, would lose your shit fucking die i would ask her about every joke that she's ever written on 30 rock and how she thought of it and i would want to hug her gently um my straightest thing, I was just uh, traveling for work, and when I stay in my hotel room, I feel very, I, I just, I don't want anyone to come in, like maids to come in, and like I kind of like have my space that no one goes into, and it's just, it kind of like gets messy, but in the like, the messy way that I know how to deal with, because it's my mess, and I just, that feels very straight guy of just like having this fucked up room that like I'm living and existing in and don't want people to see. Um, so that's my straightest moment. Mike. The straightest thing about me this week is my bedroom, which is just I saw it. ridiculous right now. But especially ridiculous because I, uh, I, I, I just I just put all the clean laundry on my bed mm-hmm. and then slept in it, like <laughs> with my laundry. So did you cuddle your laundry? Yep, cuddle in my own laundry. <laughs> but but yeah, very straight guy. I agree with yeah. you. Just like the just having shits real fucked up. Yeah, and, but, but I'm I, living in it. But I'm living in it. <laughs> and don't don't, don't care. Don't, don't tell me nay. Yeah, don't tell my mom either because her room's just as bad. Oh. Um, and then the gayest thing about me this week. So big fatty. Ha, on his show regularly talks about his friend Casey. Oh. He talks about us too. Yeah. But uh, he played he played the clip of me saying I don't like personal uh, journal or personal yeah. diary podcasts yeah. which is like most of Pride 48. So I I mean I don't feel bad because it's my truth. Yeah. yeah. But I feel a little bit bad because now they know. Any whomsels. Well and then also on the last state of the station for Pride 48 they were like auctioning off who got to bang us. Yeah. Which that was uncomfortable. Anyway. Anyway. I was turned on but it, that's fine. Big Fatty talks about his friend Casey in Denver and how enormous his penis is. And that's the Ooh. that's the word. Enormous mm-hmm. is the word. Mm-hmm. And I, just, I think I get the sense that Big Fatty's seen some dicks. Mm-hmm. And knows. Big Fatty has been around the cock. Yeah. He he knows. So. He's rocked around the cock. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so I, I called into his show and I said, I didn't ask Big Fatty because like you call and you say like cue the music and he plays music and then you ask him a question. And he gives his silly answer. But I said, uh, how is Casey in Denver? Is he coming to Pride 48? Do you think he would want to meet me? Spelled M-E-A-T. Mm, wink. 
then on Friday, so just like two days ago on Big Fatty's show, he played a clip and it's Casey in Denver and he says, hey, Mike from Gayish, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they, he played like sexy music. And is Big Fatty your pimp now? Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I just like... My, I just, the, I was, I was all, of, I started ovulating. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see what happens. Do you, is this, is this a possibility? Is this a story you can relate to us later? Can you record your sexual intercourse with Casey and we can air it on an episode, a very special explicit episode? If he's down, I might be. <laughs> we'll see. If he's over 10 inches, who gets the money? If he's over 10 inches and I pay him, is that prostitution? No, it's just friends giving friends what they need. Money and that's for money dick. and dick. <laughs> that's fine. It's totally legal if you phrase it like that. We call it sex work, not prostitution. That's true. In New Orleans, it's probably fine. Okay. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, thank you to thank Mark you. Trap Hagen. Trap Hagen. Yeah, fuck. Trap Hagen. We learned who, nothing else in this episode. We learned how to pronounce how to name. pronounce your That's name. Right. And P and an H don't always make a th. That's right. That's like a real like life lesson, you know. Yeah. Any whomsels. Uh, thanks, Mark, for being on. Uh, thank you to Mike Johnson for the use of our theme music. <laughs> <laughs> um, and thank you to everyone who is a considers themselves a late bloomer. You're super important, and we're glad to have you in our community. Great. Are you going to say something dicky and sarcastic now? Because that's what I'm waiting for. Okay. Nah. Okay. Mike is even even likes you, so that, that says something. Yeah. Okay, great. That's it. This has been Gayish. Uh, I'm Mike Johnson. I'm Kyle Getz. Until next week, be butch, be fabulous, be you. See you next week. See you next week. Aloha. Why did that get so turned on when you said that? <laughs> you said it very sexily. <laughs>